When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Pop Culture and Fandom News. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and I'm very excited because Sasha is with me today and with me this week. Um, she's going to be the only one on our Heather's episode this Friday, which is kicking off our Gen X movie month. Um, but I'm very excited because Sasha has not been on since 2022. <laughs> been a while. Yeah, since uh, our best of 2022 episode. So, yes, yeah, so it's been a long while, and Sasha is going to be on two of the Gen X ones. So, Sasha will be back for it's not clerks for um for say, say anything. anything. Yeah, I'm like, what is that other one we're doing next week? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I Gen X movies. Yeah, so I, I, I've had a cold this week, so excuse me if my brain is foggy. I was also like, how am I going to come up with anything that I'm into this week? But, <laughs> but I did it. Uh, but we're going to start like we always do with Sasha telling me one thing in fandom or pop culture that has her grooving right now. Uh, I love that you said grooving because actually my <laughs> thing is music. Ah. So there are technically two songs, but I'll go with the one that really has me hooked. And that is the song Labor by Paris Paloma. It's been all over my TikTok for you page for several weeks. It finally released on the 24th of March, and it is the ultimate generational feminine trauma rage anthem. So if you haven't heard it, just type in labor, um, spelled the British way with the U, by Paris Paloma and uh, give it a listen. It'll make all the women folk super ready to go to battle. So that that is probably the top song that I'm into right now. I know that I've heard it on TikTok. So yeah, it's all over the place on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, that's the only place I've heard it. I haven't actually like listened to the song, so maybe I'll have to do that at some point. <laughs> um, I mean, other than the little snippets in the TikToks, and I can't even tell you what the words are, but I know like I've I've heard them through. You know, my yeah, the big part, the big part is that like the therapist, servant, mother, whatever, like it lists all the things that women do. And then it's kind of like, it's just this. (laughs) 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 
anger feel is what I'm guessing that. Yeah, that's my little monster <laughs> anger. Grr, grr. Uh, you remember the little guy at the end of Buffy, the grr, arg. Yes. Arg, arg, arg. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm into, so there has been a trend on this podcast for basically, like, I don't know, uh, since February, of someone somehow mentioning Pedro Pascal in some way, shape, or form. And I did finally watch The Last of Us. Um, I finished that last week, I believe. And and I did love this show. I really love this show. I think it's really good. I have some big issues with it, though. But I do love it. I, ha- I have issues with the fact that, uh, and spoilers, spoilers, spoilers here, but I, I have issues with the fact that you've seen it, right, Sasha? Okay. With the fact that it seems like basically almost every black character on the show ends up dying. And and I, it really kind of bothers me. I think it's this really worrisome trend in the show. But that aside, I do really, really, really like it. I think the main reason it works is the performances are all outstanding. And if you're going to make a show about an apocalyptic event and um, a fungus taking the world out, you have to have actors that are going to believe everything that they're doing and saying and don't make it too over the top. And all the actors are fantastic. Um, yes, Pedro Pascal is is really, really, really fantastic in this. I really agree with everybody's take on him. And it's not like, here's the thing. I am not thirsting over this man like everybody else is. However, I understand thirsting over this man because there is something about him where it's like, he's like very much a man, but he's a very safe man. And we've mentioned that before in here. It feels like this isn't a man that, and I'm talking about the real guy, not necessarily Joel, but this isn't a man that you're going to be feeling, um, I don't know, in, scared to be with and that he might do something, which sadly can be a rarity. So I think that's why so many women are lusting over him because of that, because of the fact that he seems like a safe crush to have. He just I, does. Because he has the roles of taking on a orphaned child and taking care of them. That's why, right? Mandalorian, he's got Baby Yoda, Grogu, and in, I don't watch Mandalorian, so yeah. So he's got you know the little Baby Yoda character that he has adopted as his like child figure, and then he's got Ellie in The Last of Us. So he has this very uh, father. I almost called it daddy energy. I was like, nope. Well, he does <laughs> have daddy energy, is yeah. the way people are. <laughs> like. Mm, let's. It's got very paternal father caretaker energy i feel like if you say he has daddy energy that's a whole different vibe well, but people are calling him there yeah well because he said it on some like interview carpet yeah. thingy he's like i am your slutty internet daddy or whatever he said but he's got this very compassionate caretaker kind of character that he plays and then everything i've ever seen with him interview wise in real life he's the biggest cornball on the planet like, he doesn't take himself seriously. He's just a big old dork. And he does have that very safe energy, which I agree is super rare. And I think that I think you're spot on on why everybody's like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I know Meg's talked about it before because Meg, more than anybody else, I think, 
I mean, well, and Susie and Sarah are in the same level too, but Meg was the first one that, you know, like I've joked to her before, if I get a TikTok from Meg and she sent me one the other day that was both of them combined into one TikTok and I lost it. I told her that I said on an episode recently that if I get a notification that she's DM'd me a TikTok on TikTok, I know it's going to either be Pedro Pascal or Dean Winchester 99% of the time. And so she sent me one the other day that was Pedro Pascal and Dean Winchester in the same TikTok. And I lost it. <laughs> because it's just true. It's what she she sends me. And I kid about it and joke about it, but I do understand it. I also, you know, I also will never stop talking about the unbearable weight of massive talent because I do think Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal just need to do a series of buddy movies because they're amazing together. Uh, but also Bella Ramsey is fantastic in this. Absolutely just amazing. And, you know, I think for any young actor to hold their own working alongside someone who has been in the business a lot longer and to be able to match match him and match his energy and it feels like such a partnership it just it works so well their their chemistry as this father daughter almost pairing uh is really really beautiful to watch but so many other people that have been on there like um Lamar Johnson of course uh Melanie Linsky who I just I love Melanie Linsky so 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 dang much um, and then also, of course, the infamous third episode of this, which had everybody sobbing. I think the fifth episode is the hardest episode to watch and made me absolutely furious. I will be honest. I was almost like, oh, I love this show. And I almost was like, I don't know if I can finish this show because of the ending of the fifth episode really was really hard to watch. But Nick Offerman was so, so, and so was Marie, ba Marie ba Bartlett, excuse me. Those two were so good in the third episode. And what I appreciated about that, and spoilers, of course, what I appreciated about that episode is watching um, two men fall in love and it not be two like beefcake men. I'm not saying these men aren't attractive, but it not being like two beefcake men, older men who are not young, and watching them live this life and watching them die not because of you know the the um virus or fungus having them not die because of that or from raiders or anything like that i think was such a nice thing and the fact that we didn't see their bodies was really nice so i really appreciated that and i um i loved that and i also just want to say um some people are saying this is the year of depeche mode and uh, hearing never let me down again at the end of episode one, and then hearing the cover of it later on was just music to my ears. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I still haven't listened to the new Depeche Mode album. I it's so weird. I don't know why. I think it's like I'm saving it or something. <laughs> why? Why? What do you say? Rainy day? I don't know. I do not get it. I don't understand it because I. I don't know. Maybe I'm still crying because I know I won't be seeing, able to see them in concert. Maybe it's that. Maybe I'm crying inside from like, that. No. <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, well, let's move on to one thing in pop culture or fandom news that you are either excited about or very angry about, Sasha, or even in between. I was going to go with my super excitement. And anybody who has listened to the podcast and anybody who knows me knows that I'm super excited for this. Uh, it's going to be Fast 10. It comes out in May. It's Fast <laughs> and the Furious because I will watch every single one of them at any given moment. I don't care how unrealistic they are. Um, but Mr. Jason Momoa is going to be in this one. So it is a all-star <laughs> cast because it has freaking everybody under the sun is in this movie because it's going to be the final one and everybody is in it it's like the giant homecoming of all of the cast of characters if you scroll down the imdb of who the cast is you just keep going really really more okay they keep going (laughs) they keep somebody who was in you know the first movie shows up later they're just they're all there so I'm super excited for Fast and Furious 10 because I'm a big old dork um, and I will watch them unrealistic as they are. They are just cotton candy for my brain. So <laughs> that's my big excited one. It's cheesy. I know. I'm sorry. I do have one if you, you want me to, to rant. apologize. You don't have to yeah. apologize. <laughs> I have one that I'm super mad about if you want me to rant angrily. But this one, I'm just like, it's just going to be fun. Well, now I want to know what you're super mad about. <laughs> um, the movie Inside with Willem Dafoe. Oh, yeah. You told me not to see this movie. <laughs> Zero out of ten recommend, unless you want to wow. see Willem Dafoe poop in a bathtub. <laughs> well, that has always been something on my bucket list. <laughs> I watched that movie because I like Willem Dafoe. I really do. I do, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, this will be great. It's literally it's him. Because he gets, he's a thief that gets trapped in this penthouse that goes on lockdown mode. The alarm system has a malfunction, heavy air quotes on malfunction, because it doesn't, like it triggers the alarm and basically turns the penthouse into like a, what do they call it? The panic room where you can't get out, but nobody comes. It doesn't trigger the alarm to the external world. Like, hey, somebody broke in. You may want to come check on them. And then somehow the heat gets messed with, so it gets really, really hot, and then it gets really, really cold. There's no running water. There is electricity because there's lights. Uh, and then there's no gas for the stove or electricity for the stove, whatever the stove is running on. These people are out of the country, so the refrigerator's got like weird leftover stuff in it. But they have exotic fish. Nobody's coming to take care of the fish. You'll go out of town for months, because at one point we see 4th of July fireworks, and then there's snow. Who is taking care of your fish? Nobody? Nobody? Sets off. It's just, there's so many questions. This movie should have never happened. I don't, somebody should have come. I don't know why they didn't. And it makes me sad because I really like Willem Dafoe, but um, yeah, pooped in a bathtub. Didn't need to see it. (laughs) That's just, oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, now I know I definitely don't want to see it. It's the excessive gross factor, right? Like, yeah. why, 
you could have just shown him sitting on the side of the bathtub with the newspaper and like alluded to what was going on. There are some things that, you know, I want to say, I think, I think some filmmakers feel like in order to push the envelope, you have to show stuff that people don't necessarily, I'm sure there are some people that maybe want to see that, but most people do not want to see that. And People just want to push the envelope for the sake of pushing the envelope. And like that was one of my biggest critiques when I was in film school is watching some of these films that, you know, student filmmakers would make. And I'm like, what is the story here, though? Are you just trying to push the envelope for no reason or are you trying to actually tell a story here? And nine times out of ten, it was just they were trying to be shocking or, you know, and it gets old. And I think that's what this entire movie was, was just. Let's one up this shock. Let's one up this shock because none of it made any sense whatsoever. None of it. You can't have a malfunctioning mm-hmm. home security system that clearly malfunctioned and says it malfunctioned that doesn't alert the security system company. And who's going to leave their exotic fish for months and months with nobody to come take care of them? <laughs> Somebody has to come take care of the damn fish. Yeah. You know, yeah. nobody does that. It just doesn't make suspension of disbelief. See, this is why I'm struggling with horror movies. Now I'm struggling with actual movies. With actual Non-horror. <laughs> horror movies are actual movies. I don't know why it came out like that. That was not intended. <laughs> horror movies are actual movies. They are valid forms of filmmaking. I Very apologize. <laughs> Very valid forms of filmmaking. But I, I know what you're saying, though. It's And, you know, it's like, like, I really love the movie Triangle of Sadness. However, Triangle of Sadness, and again, trigger warning for this, has like, honestly, like 10 minutes of people vomiting and other bodily functions. And it's like, I understand what the point was in that one. I do actually understand why the filmmaker was doing it. But at the same time, it's like you could have just shown like, I don't like seeing vomiting and that stuff anyway, but you could have just shown like one little moment of that and you and we would have gotten the point because it detracts from the story because I think that movie actually is a really good movie. It's a really interesting companion piece to the menu because it's talking about pretty much the same thing, but a little bit different and not just in America kind of thing, not in the United States kind of thing. But still, it was just kind of like, okay, I get the point. Is If the rest of the movie's like this, I don't care anymore. And luckily, part three, because it's divided into three parts, is fantastic. Um, and there's no more of that. So it's like, <laughs> but it is that thing of like, okay, I, I just, it drives me nuts when people, when filmmakers do that. I, you know, it's like, I love horror films, as everyone knows, that's my favorite genre. But I mean, that doesn't mean because you're making a horror movie. I know you want to, I know people want to do stuff different. I understand that. And I understand pushing boundaries and testing stuff, but push them for a reason, not just because you can. That's just my big note to filmmakers out there is just push them if it, if it lends itself to the story or if it makes sense in the story. But, and there, and honestly, I think sometimes the less we see, the better, because especially in horror movies, because your imagination is going to think up something that's going to be 10 
thousand times more graphic or disturbing than you probably could put on the screen. I'm not challenging you. To <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm challenging you to do the less is more thing. So, and also realize your audience is not stupid. And so don't dumb things down to the audience. So that's my other note to filmmakers. I love you, but please. <laughs> less is more sometimes. And hey, I love slashers. I, I, you know, but I'm just saying less is more sometimes. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is going to be the silliest thing that I'm going to talk about here. But so I've been sick and I watched the Netflix. I do not know why I watched this show because this show is not necessarily good, but I, I've watched it a couple times, honestly. Uh, the show Firefly Lane on Netflix, which is marketed as, you know, it's a, I didn't read the novels, but the novel, but it's marketed as a, you know, best friends, women friendship, women, you know, through decades being friends um, with uh, Catherine Heigl and um, Sarah Chalk. And I mean, yes, it's great to see female friendships. I think this is not necessarily done entirely well. Like the writing's a little bit, it's very much feels like a lifetime movie version of female friendship. Um, even though I do like to see like the biggest love story in here is the love story between these two women, the friend love story. And that is nice to see, but at the same time, it still has that feel to me. So I have very mixed feelings about the quality of it, but for some reason I like this. I I like Ben Lawson who plays the uh, Sarah Chalk's character, um, Katie, her um, love interest for decades, and they get married, all this stuff, have a kid. Well, the thing I'm going to mention here, <laughs> this is the silliest thing to complain about, but I've heard people say this. This show takes place. Like 70s, 80s, 90s, and then um, 2004 is like more the present time. And I think in the last part of the season that's coming up in a few weeks, it's going to be even jumping further ahead. And when they're in the 80s, especially, the wigs on this show are so atrociously bad. So bad. I mean, the wig on Ben Lawson's character, just Google. Ben Lawson on Firefly Lane. And I'm sure you'll see this long wig. Sasha, you should do this right now. This long wig, long hair wig on him because he has short hair um, in the present, quote unquote, present day stuff. And it's so bad. It's like, why even bother with that wig if it's not even going to be placed on very well? And I don't know what the budget is on this, but it just seems to me they could have, I know they want it to be, they want to separate it between decades. But it's not like people in the 80s didn't have short hair. <laughs> it's so weird to me. I'm like, it's just like, it looks like, I don't know. It looks like it takes away from, he's an attractive man and it takes away from that, honestly. It's kind of like, I don't understand why all these women are drooling over him except for the Australian accent. Yes, that one, that wig. Yes, Sasha just found it. What is happening? <laughs> why? Why? When you type in, <laughs> you type in Ben Lawson wig Firefly Lane, one of the first things that comes up is this popsugar.com one. 
the title above this image uh-huh. is Johnny gets inspiration from 80s heartthrobs. What 80s heartthrobs? <laughs> maybe, I don't know, like maybe. Oh, um, Rob Lowe. Oh, yes. Or- Rob Lowe as a reference. They gave Johnny a slightly shorter style with a floppier side swept section in the front. <laughs> but it looks so bad. <laughs> we gave him that breakfast club look. No, you did not. I have not seen this show, and I um, I don't – now I can't, because now the entire time I'm going to be looking for the bad wig jobs. And they're hard to miss, let me tell you. Now, his isn't the only bad wig. It's just the most, um, <laughs> most atrocious of all of them is his. And there's one more in, like, the 90s um, where – it's kind of like it's still sh- it's short, but it's a little bit long, and it's not as bad. But that one is just so it just like screams awful. <laughs> I don't understand. Well, considering they said it was Rob Lowe inspired, no, I don't know <laughs> what version of Rob Lowe is that. What I is- know. <laughs> It's so bad. So I know that's a silly thing to, <laughs> to me, but it's just, it drives me nuts because it's, it's so distracting because you're watching like these scenes where like he's supposed to be very sexy or you're watching these scenes where he's like proclaiming his love to Katie and you're just like distracted by his bad hair. That's so the sexy look? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Because the first time you meet him is when he's got that hair, and it's in the 80s, and it's to um, the heart song, um, oh, that, you know, come on home, you know, that song. Oh, what the hell is the name of that song? And it's so, it's slow-mo with him walking with that hair, and Katie is, like, lusting after him, and I'm just distracted by his hair. Because <laughs> it's just so bad. Um, and then there's one scene where they're in the pouring rain, and this rain is pouring on his bad hair, and it's even worse. So, <laughs> so that's that's my complaint. And I know everybody's screaming at me about the heart song. I don't know if Sasha's looking it up, because that's really going to drive me nuts. But um, Magic Man, Magic Man by Heart. Okay. That's what it is. Sorry. Magic Man is the name of the song. <laughs> It's used twice in in the show, and both times with that hair. Yes, with with oh. the second time it's used is in the is in two thousand three or four. I think it's two thousand four, and it's with Katie's walking down the stairs with a short dress, and this is when they're they're getting a divorce. This is not this is like revealed in like the first <laughs> episode because they jump back and forth in time, and she's walking down the stairs, and Johnny sees her and. So the song plays. So it's supposed to be like a callback to when she first saw him. And um, yeah, but yeah, with that hair. And he he is attractive and his accent is really part of what makes him attractive, of course, because he's got an Australian accent. And so, but yeah. <laughs> and the accent is real. So it's not. <laughs> so at least that's not. So- accent real. <laughs> Fake hair. Yep. <laughs> The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. 
To participate, simply fill up an Orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Okay, well, we're going to close out with something kind of fun. Since we are doing our Gen X movie month is kicking off on Friday, and we're kicking it off with Heather's, I just thought it'd be fun to just say what our favorite Christian Slater and Winona Ryder performances are. So, Sasha, what are your favorites? All right, look, I went through IMDb and was like, all right, let's look at all the things that they've been in, like, individually, right? Yeah. My list is all, (laughs) I think the oldest, or the, like, date-wise movie um, is mid-90s. I am truly Gen X because all of the performances I love are those. I'm just going to list the movies, not necessarily performances, but like my favorite movies that they were in. Is that okay? okay? That's fine. Um, Like, so Christian Slater, obviously pump up the volume. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a no-brainer. We There was a whole episode on that. I'm going to go hard left field on everybody and go Fern Gully. is one of my favorites um and his character is just so grumpy (laughs) that's just not what i was expecting at all (laughs) i can get back on track and go gleaming the cube and uh robin hood gleaming the cube oh my gosh that movie (laughs) right (sighs) and uh his performance is will scarlet in robin hood true romance Oh, yeah. Those are my Slater ones. Fern Gully put you over the edge. <laughs> I was just not expecting it. I'm like, okay. Oh, I can't wait to hear the feedback you get on this one when this one airs. People are going to be like, Fern Gully. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, yeah, I'm going to tag Christian Slater, see what he thinks about that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. He probably won't even see it, but... <laughs> That'll be the one he does see. Yeah. He's going to be like, why is my name with Fern Gully? Who? What? He'll be like, I was in Fern Gully. <laughs> was I in that movie? <laughs> yeah, so those are my Christian Slaters. Uh, my Winona Ryder is uh, Beetlejuice. Like, I don't think you can say her name without Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Um mermaids with Cher. what are you gonna be the town tramp no mom town already has a tramp (laughs) reality bites which i know you're gonna do an episode on that i cannot join so i'm gonna throw it in there because i won't be part of that stranger things because she's in stranger things now and i love her character in it and then just for entertainment value i'm gonna throw out the 92 version of dracula with keanu reeves (laughs) Because it was such an odd movie. The whole thing was odd. So those are my writer ones. <laughs> that's not as... That doesn't have me as shot. That's the nope. other one's obvious. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> Did you forget he was in Fern Gully? I never... I, you know what? I don't think <gasps> I've ever seen Fern Gully. Yeah. I, well, I'm not an anime film person, so... 
But I did go to high school with someone who that was like their absolute all-time favorite movie. <laughs> I love that movie. It's such a good movie. How can you... Tim Curry? Which we will be talking about later this year. Uh-oh. Why are you mad? Because <laughs> you don't know Fern Gully. <laughs> oh, that's why I thought so there was sad. <laughs> My heart is broken. Because really, Fern Gully is the original Avatar movie. Just so you know. Yeah, that's It's true. the exact same plot. Yeah. But Fern Gully did it better. <laughs> and it's got Robin Williams as Batty Coda. Come on, I can't. Okay, tell me yours. I'm done. Wow, <laughs> I'm sorry to upset you, but cleaning the cube. Let me just say, okay, so for Christian Slater, I know I said this on our pump up the volume episode, so go listen to that because that's my number one favorite Christian Slater movie, favorite Christian Slater performance, favorite Christian Slater character. This is that's Christian Slater's one of his absolute favorite movies he's ever done. He wants to do a sequel to that movie. <laughs> I don't know if I want a sequel to this movie, but <laughs> I know Sasha's like, no, but he did say in an interview and we talked about that on the pump of the volume episode. And that's one of those movies that actually, you know, has, has aged pretty well. I think some of the stuff I talked about was way, <laughs> way ahead of its time in a lot of respects. Um, and we talked about that in the episode, so I won't go too much into that because I, I love that movie so much. Um, so that's definitely number one for me. But Christian Slater was like, oh my gosh, I had so many Christian Slater posters. I had the Pump of the Volume poster. I had the Gleaming the Cube poster. <laughs> oh my gosh. Even though he had that awful blonde hair and that, I still was like, oh my gosh, I love this man. <laughs> There's something about him. Oh my god, he's so oh. fucking sexy. Even yep. now, when I'm rewatching stuff, I'm like, there's just some something about him that is so flipping sexy. And oh my gosh, yeah, I watched Gleaming the Cube was on Amazon Prime a couple of years ago. I don't know if you, where you can find it right now, but if you haven't watched this movie, just go watch it just for fun. And some year, even though every year we seem to be covering Christian Slater movies. Some year we'll just talk about Christian Slater. Uh, it will happen because it kind of has to, I think. Um, but I also had the Young Guns too. So I'll mention Young Guns too. I had just the character poster of him, and that was up on my closet door, and it was a full length closet door one. I was, oh my gosh, I was so in love with this man. Uh, you can go see Gleaming the Cube on Prime. Oh, it is still on Prime? It's on Prime right now. It shows it on Prime. Okay, so go watch that on Prime, everybody. <laughs> and then thank Sasha and I later. <laughs> oh my gosh, Sasha's showing me the picture of him and cleaving the cube with his skateboard, little skater boy. But uh, then, of course, True Romance, which I actually, when I was watching Heather's In Preparation last night, I watched it, rewatched it for like the billionth time or whatever. And, um, I was like, oh my gosh, we should definitely talk about True Romance because I love that movie so, so dang much. So uh, that is definitely on the list of things we will talk about. And so I love him in that. Um, I also, and I was rewatching this the other day, it's on HBO Max, I think it's still there, Untamed Heart, which this movie is problematic as hell <laughs> with Marissa Tomei. I forgot about that one. I mean, it's problematic as hell because, you know, his character is this very sweet guy who doesn't talk. He grew up in an orphanage. He hasn't talked to people in a long time. 
And then he saves Marissa Tomei from an attack. And then you find out he's been following Marissa Tomei as she walks home <laughs> and he's snuck into her room. And this is presented as romantic. Okay. So it's very problematic, but I still love this movie. I love this movie because of him, even with his bad long hair, not as bad as the Firefly Lane long hair, but still bad. <laughs> not the best look, not the best look for Christian. Uh, but Pump Up the Volume will always be number one, number one, number one, number one. I I did I did like him in, in a few, like Murder in the First, which actually I think Kevin Bacon is the standout in that. But I have liked him in other things too. Um, I, I was going to finish Mr. Robux. We were going to cover that last year and then we ended up not. And I think he's good in that too. Uh, that's an older, more recent performance. But yeah. Um, and then Winona Ryder. I've mentioned this before. In my generation, <laughs> Winona Ryder was loved, beloved. I was one of the few people that did not love Winona Ryder. I, I was just about ready to leave. I have grown to love Winona Ryder. I love her in Stranger Things. So I've grown to love her now. When, she, when, when I was a teenager and a preteen and stuff, I was not a fan of hers, I will say. But I've grown to love her. So this is more movie-based uh, with her, but definitely uh, Girl Interrupted, uh, which I mentioned before on, a, on our own, an episode covering mental illness betrayals in film. So Girl Interrupted, although for me, the standout in that is Angelina Jolie, but she's still, but I think Winona Ryder's still really good in that. And then I, even though I hate Johnny Depp with a burning passion, I love Edward Scissorhands and I'm, and I'm not a Tim Burton fan anymore, but I do love Edward Scissorhands a lot. Um, and I, and I do, and speaking of Tim Burton, I do still really love Beetlejuice. I don't know how many times we have said that name. I think we're getting, uh, we've did, we've done it, but <laughs> I think it has to be one individual. That's true. Yes, it does have to be. So I yeah. think I only did it twice. You did it. I think I we're safe. Once. <laughs> we're safe. We're it's safe like for now. Candyman, right? Like, yes, got to be the same individual who says it repeatedly. I think so. We'll just say that's the case. We're we're going with it. It's <laughs> fine. Um, but we and we'll definitely cover that movie at some point too. I mean, we kind of have to. So that'll be part of one of our months. Uh, so those are probably my my favorites. And of course, Stranger Things. I think she's really good in Stranger Things. I wish she had been given better stuff to do in the last season of Stranger Things, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, uh, but I do enjoy her more now. So hopefully all our Gen X listeners can forgive me for that because I know how beloved she is. Um, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and close out this episode. So, Sasha, where can everybody find you? You can find me on the Instagram at Vegan Geek Chick. Um, and there will be a link to my dumb dog's Instagram. Um, I was really good when he was little posting, kind of dropped off, but uh, Undewey is the dog that you hear barking, and he has his own Instagram. It's linked through mine. Awesome. And remember, follow Fergie on TikTok at Schroeder and Fergs. That's S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R-A-N-D-F-E-R-G-S. I know it's long, but it's worth it. Remember, she's part of our dream makers and part of our dream makers. We want to get Fergie in Cocaine Fergie with Penn Badgley playing her owner. Remember, this is part of our 
character <laughs> makers because Penn, remember, you won't have to have any love scenes. You don't have to have to have a romance. You are just Fergie's loyal owner and you both win in the end. So help that dream come true by following Fergie, tagging Penn Badgley in all of her videos, which I haven't done, which I guess I should do. Uh- <laughs> this is like how I want to win the lotto. I'm like, oh, look at how many millions of dollars. You have to buy a ticket. <laughs> you have to tag him if he's going to see it and make cocaine Fergie a reality. <laughs> Let's not put Fergie on cocaine, though. No, it won't be real cocaine, but okay. I did take a picture. Powdered sugar. With, covered in snow. Oh, that's right. I did see that. And it was, and I said cocaine yes. Fergie. And plus she loves horror movies, as we have explained. She really does. So I think she would love that. We talked about Penn Badgley like two weeks in a row. So. <laughs> I know I heard that. I was cracking up. <laughs> so that's why we want to make this dream come true for you, Penn Badgley. Remember. At the Dream Makers, we make dreams come true for people that are already successful and famous. <laughs> but including me, because remember, I'm going to be doing that romantic comedy slash horror slash thriller with Idris Elba. So <laughs> there's also that. And of course, Carla is going to be starring in a romantic comedy with Christian Bale. So much stuff coming up. And we've got the Taryn Edgerton and Florence Pugh are going to be in a movie together at some point. We are just making dreams come true left and right for these people that don't need their dreams to come true from us, but they do. Okay, uh, be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. On TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you would like to be a potential interview guest on the show, or if you would like to potentially be part of our May 20th marathon streaming event, head on over to our website, it's a fandom thing pod.com. For just a regular interview, click the contact us button. That'll shoot me an email and I'll try to get back to you as soon as I can. For the May 20th event, we do have a separate page created for that. Feel free to reach out to us. We do have some things already, like we're going to do a supernatural trivia. We'll probably end with ghost stories like we did the last time. Uh, My podcast, Brain Twin Gen, for my streaming bubble. And I have an announcement we're going to be making. Carla is going to be coming on. And she may may have let Christian come back for a little bit in May. She may be letting him come back. We're going to do, we're going to play a fun Christian Bale game. So, you know, you don't want to miss it. There's going to be tons of great people on. um, And yeah, so it's going to be a ton of fun. I'm going to have more information about that soon once my brain returns to normal. Um, But on our next episode, on our Friday episode, we are kicking off Gen X Movie Month with a look at Heathers. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.